The words in the gospel reading that Jesus said at the Passover table echo the unchangeable truth that is clearly given in the teachings revealed through Moses, the utterances of the apostles, the wisdom of the writings, and the instruction of the apostles. The entire scripture, all of it, agree on these things. And that unchangeable truth is that God desires an intimate love relationship with his people, and that relationship comes alive with presence and power as his word is heard and embraced with the obedient corresponding response from his people. So Moses said, uh, God speaking through Moses in Exodus 19:5, that if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you will be my special treasure. In the prophets for Samuel, it's written in 15th chapter, 22nd verse, to obey is better than to sacrifice. In the great sermon that Jesus preached, recorded in Matthew's gospel, he concluded that sermon with words like this. Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them will be like a man who built his house on a rock. And the storm came, the winds blew, and the house stood. But he who, does, he who hears these words of mine and does not act on them is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The storms came, rains fell, the winds blew, and the house disintegrated. So we have the, the assurance of these realities in the Scripture that are fixed, that are unalterable. And that is, as Jesus now in his final teaching prior to his suffering on the cross, he stresses the same truth. <clears throat> you know, we say so much about the unconditional love of God, and God's love is given to us unconditionally. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Such grace uh, in the name of your congregation. Christ the King. Grace, isn't that the name of this? Christ the King. Grace. Wow. A title pregnant with meaning. Grace. God's unconditional love that he gives to us. The question that comes about in all of these teachings from Moses through the apostles is what is our response to this love that he's given to us unconditionally? So in the gospel reading that was read this morning opens with a first-class conditional sentence, if... And the closing 
verse that we read in that gospel closes likewise with the same conditional idea. So that statement of Jesus uttered at the Last Supper, as we say, or at the Passover during his passion, began with a conditional statement, ends with a conditional idea. And squeezed in the middle of those conditional statements is an almost incomprehensible expression of intimate love. So he says, and that intimacy to me is expressed so much in the words in verse 20. And in which he said, uh, verse, let me get the right place here, right chapter. Verse 20. In that day, chapter 14, verse 20 of John's gospel. And let me say, this is in a section of John's gospel that I continue to try to, to get believing people to give careful attention to. Beginning with the chapter 13 in John's gospel and going through chapter 17. It's that the Holy Spirit has given to us through the Apostle John the most uh, detailed, almost verbatim teaching that Jesus gave that's recorded in the Scripture. And I th believers need to pay careful attention to that section. Out of John's Gospel of 21 chapters, those chapters 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, five chapters out of the 21, a significant portion of the entire gospel is given to that scene and setting that took place in about two and a half hours in the life of our Lord. Very intense record of what he said. This, the reading that we had this morning is taken right out of the middle of that teaching. And in verse 20 of chapter 14, and in this, this gospel that was read this morning is not something that can just be read. Every word needs to be given attention because every word is filled with and packed with information for us. And if you'd allow me to speak about two hours this morning, we would unpack a good bit of that, or at least I would. I don't know where you'd be with it. But, but uh, verse 20 says this, in that day, the day obviously in the context is the day that the helper is going to come. The, the paraclete, the other helper, the other comforter, the Holy Spirit. The day the Spirit comes, in that day you will know that I am in my Father. And you are in me. And I am in you. He had said earlier, just, just before that, he said, and the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you, will be in you. So in that day, you will know, day of the Spirit comes, 
you will know that I am in my Father. Such an expression of intimacy. And you are in me, and I am in you. Now, this was made real to me by an old missionary from China. And so I made up a set of boxes that, to me, began to unpack this a little bit. And maybe it will for you. Now, these are my boxes. You can make your own set of boxes. But and <clears throat> Jesus says, in that day, you will know that I am in the Father. So if this box represents God the Father and I open this box up, what should we find? Another box that says Jesus. Jesus says, in that day you will know that I am in my Father. So he is one united with the Father. Such intimacy, such love. And you are in me. So if I open this box up, what should we find? Well, that's me. <laughs> so where am I? Positionally, by faith, I'm in the Father because I am in Jesus. The Apostle Paul says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation, and old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So he says, in that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. So we open that box up. We see where Jesus resides and I've taken the liberty here to write under the, his name, the Holy Spirit, because it is the Spirit of Jesus who dwells in us now. So in that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. I don't know how intimacy in relationship can be expressed and comprehended any greater than that statement. Yet in, uh, on each side of that statement comes these conditional phrases that if you keep my commandment, then, then you love me. Or he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then it, then it closes what we read this morning. He who has my commandments and keeps them you know, it's one thing to have the Word of God and to keep it. And keep it doesn't mean lock it in a safe somewhere. That's the idea of practicing it. So too many of us are satisfied when we have heard the Word of God, we have discovered the Word of God, and we have discussed the Word of God and had our conversations and our classes about the Word of God. Now, we can do that well. We can discover and discuss the word to death. But Jesus says, he who has my word, that's the discovery and discussing part, I guess, and keeps it is he who loves me. 
So having the Word and keeping the Word, obeying the Word, doing the Word, practicing the Word, is He who loves me. And, I, and, and He says, and He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love Him and will disclose or reveal myself to him. So the promise of Jesus is in this love relationship that if we have his word, and we go beyond discussing his word, to obey his word, to incorporate his word into life, to live his word, his promise is that he will show up. (laughs) He's going to reveal himself. In real living Holy Spirit, He will reveal Himself. Too often we miss the revelation of His presence because we have His Word, maybe. (laughs) We discuss His Word, perhaps, but then doing His Word, keeping His Word. Well, God's unconditional love waits for a response. And the intimacy of the love relationship is always established and confirmed or proven by practice and action or doing. From the epistle we read this morning, the Apostle Paul says, in in his often backwards logic, he starts with the conclusion and goes to the beginning. (laughs) He who... And the things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. So you see, they first saw it in him, then they heard it from him, then they received it from him, and then they learned it from him. He says, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you you. Such a great promise. Love begs for its expression and an obedient response. So, uh, you know, it's pretty well common knowledge. I've spoken about it so much that in when Ann and I, Ann, my wife Ann, and I have been married for 51 years, And like any marriage, if we truthfully uh, talk about that marriage, there have been some rough spots and many wonderful spots. But about the time we hit year seven, and both of our children had been born at that time, uh, after our our protracted season of, um, well, not the best between us, Uh, We came to a decision standing in the kitchen one day, talking to each other. We said, we don't want to live the rest of our lives like this. Now, when we got married, we verbally agreed and made covenant that we would never speak or seriously consider divorce. Murder, maybe, but not divorce. (laughs) So, of course, that option was ruled out as well. (laughs) And so what do we do? So we decided 
that we would intentionally focus on some ways to express our love, which we had for one another. It was just crying out for more expression rather than taking it for granted. And how often we take the love of God just purely for granted and walk all over it. And with him, experience relationships that aren't even healthy, much less rewarding. Because Scripture said in the psalm that we read that the Word of God, all those synonyms for the Word of God that were read, the law of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord, the commandments of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord, they are more desirable than gold than much fine gold, sweeter than honey and drippings from the honeycomb. And by them is your servant taught, and in keeping them there is great reward. Keeping them. (laughs) There's great reward. So we uh, intentionally set about discovering some ways that we could express our love for one another. We've discovered some ways that are very expensive. (laughs) (laughs) And we've discovered some ways that are not so expensive. But one of the things that we started doing was I said on Saturday morning, I will cook and present and clean up from an I love you breakfast. Now, some of the men wish I'd never talk about this, but you know, you have to discover your own stuff. So uh, we've done that. It was a, a meal for which now over the years, cause you see that's 45 years ago. <laughs> I ought to get good at cooking something in 45 years. I, I developed my own recipes for this meal, it is served with fine china, fine table setting, and I clean it up. Well, as children came along, uh, they wanted to be involved in this too, so they were. We even purchased a special set of china that we only bring out for this particular meal. Now, when's the last time you think we had that meal together? Yesterday. Yesterday was particularly special to me because my grandson, my 24-year-old grandson, was, is, was staying with us. Uh, he's gone to Christ Episcopal Church in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, as a staff member. Went there yesterday. So the Baptists infiltrate this Anglican stuff real well, you know. <laughs> Please. Anyway. He wanted to get up with me, because it takes me about an hour and a half to prepare this meal. He wanted to get up with me and see how I prepared these recipes that he's eaten all of his life. Because he said, I want to be able to pass this legacy on. And that was very special to me yesterday to have a grandson involved. So it's become a family, I love you breakfast. Both of our children were present yesterday and some of the grandchildren for this particular meal. You see, love, it doesn't experience, you don't experience the intimacy 
and the power of love until you respond to the love that's given. I would suggest just, um, and I know if I know John, it's the first time I have been with him in his congregation, so I don't know what he said to you, but I kind of suspect what, what he said to you, and this is going to be a repeat, <laughs> I would think. But if you're wondering how to express your love to Jesus, since he has loved you, and he says, if you keep my commandments, you're the one who loves me. And he says, if you have my word and keep it, then uh, I will love you, my Father will love you, and I will love you, and will reveal myself to you. I'll just take a statement very simple, like Jesus gives in John's Gospel, in the 8th chapter, in which he says this, another conditional sentence. You know, we ought to pay attention to some of the conditional sentences that God has given to us. If you abide in my word, and you can spend some time uh, meditating on what it means to abide. And if you read John's gospel carefully, you come to see that the word abide is one of John's favorite words of expressing intimacy. So if you have more than a casual relationship with my word, if you abide in my word, if you do a little more than discover and discuss it, if you abide in it. You know, if, if you abide in a refrigerator, you can expect to get cold. If you abide in his word, you can pretty well expect to be influenced by the power of that word. If you abide in my word, if you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. Now, everybody in the English-speaking world knows the rest of that sentence. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. It's amazing how we've taken such a significant statement of Jesus, like a newspaper writer chopped it right in half and quoted the piece that sounds good, left off the powerful piece of it. <clears throat> if you abide in my word, then you're truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So to the lovers of Jesus, uh, I encourage you to respond, to obey <clears throat> the word that has been given to us. For Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. Words that were said in the immediate context of men who were becoming anxious because Jesus was talking about going away from them. <laughs> and he was trying to show them, hey, 
My going away is going to open up a whole new door of possibility of being with you. (laughs) So, that other helper, that is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. So I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And after a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you shall live also. And in that day, you will know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will reveal, manifest, disclose, show up (laughs) to you. May the Lord bless us as we journey in him in the marvelous journey of expressing our love toward him and and then experiencing the power and intimacy of the love relationship that he has offered to us.